wonderful to be in this house together today, as Mitch has already said, after five months of not being able to, but we're here today, and we're going to just keep on keeping on in Jesus' name. And again, we welcome everyone that's watching at home or on your phone or wherever you are today. Wonderful. I also want to thank God for the amazing team of leaders he's raised up in this house, and the pastors and leaders that Carol and I get to serve with are just the best, the finest, the purest group of leaders I know, and we are so grateful, and uh, we've had to pivot, and we've had to shift and turn and be flexible, and we've had to guard our attitude and keep our heart and guard our words, and that's kind of what we've been talking about for many, many weeks now. I'm preaching my own salvation, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm, this is to me, and this is, this is for me. So our theme is open, our Bible's been open, our heart's open. Today, our doors are open to God be the glory. And we've been also talking about the power of uh, opening our mouth and understanding that, that what the scriptures teach about our words. We have to be careful because we are created in the image of God. And like God, when we say things, things happen. Yeah. See, we're created in the image of God. Yeah. And when we speak, we just can't be flippant. Because we have to be careful because, because we are created in the image of God. And when God says, things happen. And that's true for you. And that's true for me. Things happen. Good things or bad things. Our tongue, we are told, can, can be like a rudder and it can guide our life. It can move us out of some waters and into other waters. We're learning the power of speech and speaking. And we are learning who we are in Christ and created in the image of God. And the Lord Jesus tells us that we need to take heed of the words that come out of our mouth. He actually says that we will be accountable for every idle word. So that must mean something. Words must mean something. If Jesus would say to us that we will be held accountable for every idle word. Jesus said, by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. The message translation says that with your words, there can be salvation or damnation. And then the apostle James just really brings this powerfully to us when he says, and I read it from the message translation, he says, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account. That's what it may seem like. Oh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean anything. I was just, I was just talking. I was just, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. We're talking about that word that seemed like it was of no account. We're talking about that word that just seemed casual or nonchalant, but, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember. Every time you speak, you spark. Every time you speak, speak, you spark. Because that's the power of words. Words are like, they spark. They're, they're, they're energized. They're powerful. Every time you speak, you spark. By our speech, a careless word wrongly, okay, by our speech, we can ruin the world. We can turn harmony to chaos. We can throw mud on a reputation. And we can send the whole world up in smoke by the spark, because it only takes a spark to set off a forest fire. And we can send the whole world up in smoke, go up in smoke with it, and it's smoke from the very pit of hell. So the King James says it like this, the tongue's a fire. 
And a fire can be a marvelous and a wonderful thing. I think of a fire in our home and it warms and it cooks our food and it makes those steaks just, mmm. And it's just, there's so many good, warm, loving, wonderful things that a fire can do in a home. And our tongue is a fire, but we also know that a fire can be really, really dangerous. So our tongue is a fire. Our tongue is a torch. Our mouth is a match. And we strike it every time we open it. And our speech is a spark. And so we must be careful in our conversation. And so we want to consider what am I lighting and what am I igniting when I speak? Because I want to, and I know you do too, we want to kindle kindness. That's what we want to light. We want to kindle kindness. We want to light up love. We, we want to fan flames of faith. Your tongue, my tongue, is a fire. Now, it just is what it is. And that's what it is. And so we must live accordingly and we, we must live responsibly to that and for that. So use your words to brighten up and to warm up people's hearts and their souls and their lives. And we've been talking about 10 of the most powerful words we can say. We've talked about I believe. What's more powerful than that? Because all things are possible to him who believes or her. We're talking about I care. Come on, that's where your true Christianity is really known and shown is when you care. It's when you care. We talk about I forgive. And that's when I can live without the tyranny of bitterness in my heart and in my soul because I forgive. And I need. And this is where I I can walk before God and man knowing that I'm not self-made and I need. I need God. I need others. I need help. I need prayer. We've talked about I submit. And this is where I come under. And this is where the character of Christ is formed in us. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is what separates the men from the boys. I submit. And this is where we move into a place of not just having authority, but being under authority, which gives us more authority than we could ever have. And then we talk about I will. And again, in the image of God, you have a will. God gave you a will like him. You have a will. And so you can say, I will. And because you can say, I will, you can also say, I won't which is like the other side of the coin of your autonomy as a human being. I will, I won't. And then last week, we talked about the powerful words of I am, I am. And when you say I am, you remove the uncertainty and you remove the insecurity of your identity. The world's in an identity crisis. The world doesn't know, you know, who who am I? Who am I? This is the quintessential question right here. Who am I? You know, and then we'll go into, and why am I here? The, exist, the existential question comes in there. And, and we just, you know, and, and so for, for the world, uh, people go their entire life asking the question, who am I? And many never find the answer, and some do find the answer, and they're disgusted with what they found. For the world, I am is in It doesn't end with a full stop. I am ends with a question mark. But for the Christ follower, 
I am ends with an exclamation mark. And this is exactly what God said to Moses at the bush. When, when Moses said, uh, who, who do I say send me? And he said, you tell them, I am. I am has sent you. And so this, for us to be able to know and to be able to be identified by my maker and by my father, this is so powerful for us. But today, we're going to go even further and even deeper. And today, we're going to talk about something that is amazing amazingly powerful and I think incredibly relevant for us right now. Would you reach your hand out towards me, please? Father, I'm honored to stand before the church that you love, the church that you build, the church that you died for, the church that you will return for. I'm so grateful. And I ask now, Father, that I could take the water of your word and wash the feet of the servants of God and that we would see Jesus. I ask this in his name. Amen. I can. I can. You know, when you, the moment you declare, I can, the moment those words come out of your mouth, something powerful and faith-charged is immediately released in your life. There's not a long lag between I can and its ability to work. I can. I can. When you say I can, it's like you plug your faith into an AC power outlet. Boom, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can do it. Just saying it is empowering. I can, I can do this, I can do this, I can, I can, I can, I can make it, I can, I can. And the thought of what I can and the, uh, the release of the flow of life and God that happens when I say I can. I can learn. I can listen. I can lead. I can love. I can change. I can help. I can serve. I can, I can wait. I can be better. I can live stronger. I can go deeper. I can think clearer. I can pray harder. I can. I can. And probably one of the top three to five most quoted scriptures in the New Testament is Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can through Christ. I can through Christ. Now, I know that in a secular sense, I can is powerful. I can. And, and you see what people can do, and it's amazing. You see what people can build. It's amazing. You see what people can produce or, or design. It, it is. It, it, it is it, it's amazing. But I'm not talking about I can from a secular view. I'm talking about I can in Christ. I can through Christ. Through Christ I can. Through Christ I can. Because I'm not as smart as the guys that build bridges. bridges. And I'm not as, you know, as cluey as the, as the people that can, that can do things I can't do. You know, that can run a four-minute mile. or, or you know, there, There's just so much. But. In Christ, I can. I can through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. I can. That is a strong declaration. Now, the New Living Translation says, for I can do anything with the help of Christ. Anything. I can do anything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength, the strength I need. Now, look. 
The devil will lie to you and he will tell you, no, you can't. You can't. You can't. And you're going to hear, you can't. You're going to hear that. The devil will tell you, no, you're too weak. Uh, you're too tired. Uh, you're too busy and you're too scared and, and you're too scarred and you're too bad and you're too sad and you're too old and you're too dumb and you're too young and you're too shy and you're just the wrong guy. You can't. You just can't. You can't. But Jesus said of the devil in John chapter 8 and verse 44, Jesus said he's full of it. He is full, and this is it. This is it. This is when he says, excuse me, having an audience makes me naughty. <laughs> the little lens just keeps me straight, you know. Jesus said he's full of nothing but lies. Think of that. Jesus said lying is his native tongue. He speaks the language of lies and the dialect of deceit. This is his native tongue. He is fluent. He is fluent in your talking about your failure. So he's full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. He is a master of deception, a master of deception. And he is the father of lies. So absolutely anything he says to you is either going to be a lie or it's going to be deceitful. It's going to be untrue. And so truthfully, it doesn't matter what the devil says to you. What matters is what you say to the devil. That's what matters. And one of the most powerful things you can say to the devil and all the doubt is, I can. Through Christ, I can. I can through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can't do I can. You can't. I can in Jesus' name. He strengthens me. He strengthens me. He strengthens me. This is the Greek word indunamu. Indunamu. In dunamu, the Greek word, he strength, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in dunamu. And it means to empower, to enable, and to endue with strength. So I can do anything that he empowers, enables, and endues me with strength to do. You can do it. You can do it. You say, I can, you can do it. Oh, the, I think the Lord's asked me to do something. But yes, you can. He, will, he strengthens you. Through Christ, you can. Through Christ, you can. Through Christ, you can. I can through Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29, he gives strength to the weary. Well, now there's a word that probably has been in our vocabulary mine too, uh, lately, weary. Are you, we have we felt weary? Have we just, are we over everything? Are we weary? Are we, well, if we're weary, then we are a candidate for this transformation. He gives strength to the weary. And if you've said it, Lord, I'm just weary. I'm just weary of all of this. He gives strength to the weary and he increases power to the weak. The weary and the weak. The weary and the weak. 
Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. I'm not the only one that misses that last step going down the stairs. Even young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, wait on the Lord, look to the Lord, will renew their strength. You plug it in. Let me show you how to plug it in. I can. In Christ, I can. In Christ, I can. That ought to be your new faith statement. That ought to be your mantra this week. In Christ, I can. In Christ, I can. They will soar on wings like eagles. Who's ready to do some soaring? In Christ, I can. In Christ, I can. They will run and not grow weary. Come on, I'm weary of weary. Let's get out of weary. Let's run and not grow weary. Let's walk and let's not faint. You say, well, how can we? Because we can. Because we can. Because I can open my mouth and light a fire. And I can decree and declare, I can. I can. In Christ, I can. I can because I am. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Therefore, I can. And you can too. And I'm not just a coach up here telling you you can. I am telling you by the Holy Ghost, in Christ you can. In Christ you can. You can in Christ. Yes, I can. And yes, you can. Now, before the children of Israel entered into the promised land. Moses sent in 12 spies. Now, just weeks and weeks, maybe a few months before, they were having Passover in Egypt, the first Passover. They had just watched the 10 unthinkable plagues. They watched those first three plagues, their jaw dropped, but the last seven plagues, God drew a line between his people and Egypt. And the locusts that swarmed did not cross the line. And the darkness that fell did not cross the line. And the death angel that came to destroy did not cross the line. And God judged. He judged Egypt, but he just covered his people. And he just kept his people. They saw this with their own eyes. And right after that Passover, they go out and they get to the sea. And they watch the sea open in front of them. The cloud, the fire, they see all of this. They experience all of this. This is just weeks or months in in their mind because the walk, the actual walk from Egypt to the promised land, some some say 11 days. I think that's maybe pretty quick. Uh, It's about uh, 850 kilometers. It took Chris and I about 32 days casually walking that, that amount of time. But we're not talking a huge amount of time between what's happened in Egypt And now they stand at the border, down there in the Negev, and Moses sends 12 spies to spend 40 days to go up into the land and to spy out. This is their promise. This is their inheritance. This is what God has brought them from there to here. Now, just a side note, three years ago, I was hiking down there in the Negev. I was in this crater, this massive crater. I've been hiking in it all day. And I, when I came up out of the crater, I had to come up on iron ladders that were in, in the rock. I come up out of this crater, totally exhausted, hot and tired. And when I got to the top of the crater, there was a sign that said, Wilderness of Zen. And I thought, this is where those dadgum spies came through, right here. I read it in the Bible. The Wilderness of Zen. They walked, they walked right by here. 
<laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. So, 10 of those spies carrying grapes as big as rock melons, 10 of those spies came back and they said, we can't. We can't. Two, Joshua and Caleb DeMartin came back. <laughs> and said, we can. Ten can'ts. Can't, 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 can't. Can't, 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 can't. Two, can. Can. The ten can'ts didn't. The two cans did. Both were right. Both were absolutely right. The ten said, we're too small and they're too big. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the might. We don't have the muscle. They're soldiers. We're slaves. They're giants. We're grasshoppers. We can't go in there. We can't build a nation. We can't have our inheritance. We can't have the land that flows with milk and honey. We can't. We can't. We just can't. Numbers 13, 32, they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Let me tell you something. We can't is a bad report. It's a bad report right there. We can't. They gave them a bad report of the land of which they had just spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men. Now, I doubt that. But anyway, this is what they said. And all the people whom we saw in it are men and of great stature. We saw the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So I'm telling you, we can't. We just can't. We can't. Caleb quieted the people in Numbers 13.30. Caleb quieted the people, and he said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We can. We can. And then in chapter 14, Joshua and Caleb together in verse 9, they say, do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection is departed, i.e., remember Egypt. Hello, just weeks ago, Egypt, remember, their protection has departed from the land and the Lord is with us. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. We can. We can. Do you remember there was a man named Pharaoh who used to live? Who don't live anymore? I can and I can't are two of the most prophetic statements you will ever make in your life. And the land of promise is for I can. And the wandering in the wilderness is for I can't. And your destiny 
and your legacy are determined by these two words. They affect you and the little ones that are with you. And where they will grow up and what they will possess will depend on you. On your I can or your I can't. I can. I can. Two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. The one was wise and a cheery soul. The other one took a gloomy view and bade his friend a sad adieu. Said the other frog with a merry grin, I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll swim around till my strength is spent, and then I'll die the more content. And as he swam, though ever it seemed, his struggling began to churn the cream. Until on top of pure butter he stopped, and out of the bowl he quickly hopped. Like those two frogs, or those 12 spies, we have a choice to make. We can decide, I can't, and give up. Or I can, and go up. I can, through Christ who strengthens me. I can. I can. I can. As a matter of fact, Romans 8.37 says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I can. Carol and I have been watching this TV show that someone told us about called Alone. And uh, it's a, it's a, we've watched, we just finished series two last night. And uh, they take 10 survival experts and give them a choice of 10 items, anything they want. And they send them out completely alone up into the North Vancouver Island, totally in the wilderness. And uh, the last one standing wins. And they have to document themselves with camera the whole time they're there. Uh, it's, uh, we, we, it's a really interesting series called Alone. But you know what we found out? It's not who has the greatest skill set. It's not who picked the, the 10 smartest items. It's not who got the luck of the draw uh, to where, where they were all camped. No, it's not that at all. Right here. Every bit of it is right here. It's an amazing demonstration of how powerful and how prophetic I can't and I can is. I mean, like, one guy wasn't there four hours. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't. I can't get this started. I can't. I can't. Ooh, I can't. Oh, I can't stand that bear that's looking at me right now. I can't. I, and we'll be watching this program and, like, Two or three, you know, uh, uh, episodes in, we'll look at each other and say, he's saying I can't. And I'll look at her, she'll look at me, and I'll say, he gone. <laughs> he gone. He gone. He, you know, give him two, one more episode, two more episodes. She gone. She gone. She gone. She gone. It's just amazing how prophetic I can and I can't is. Now, as I finish... In the valley of Elah, King Saul and his cohorts cowered before the 2.6 meter tall mammoth man called Goliath. Yeah. 
the champion of the Philistines. And there in that valley, for 40 days, Goliath would taunt the armies of Israel with blasphemies and insults, challenging a soldier to come out and fight him. And for 40 days, every day, many times a day, every one of Saul's soldiers said, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I can't go down there. I can't fight that giant. I can't. Even King Saul, who is the tallest, the biggest of all of his army, can't, I can't. So meanwhile, 24 kilometers away is the village of Bethlehem. And in Bethlehem, Jesse is there. And Jesse has a few of his sons that serve in Saul's army. And his youngest son, David, who one day would become the rock star of the Old Testament. But young David, the shepherd, the shepherd boy, Jesse said, it's only 24 Ks down to the Valley of Elah. They'd been down there a long time, like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and nothing was happening. And he said, go check on the state of your brothers and take some homemade bread and, and some provision for them. So David approaches, and as he gets closer, what does he see? He sees this huge, blasphemous giant cursing and blaspheming and calling, come on, somebody fight me. Come on, somebody. And David walks, and he sees brothers cowering. He sees people behind rocks. And David walks up with, you know, the provision, and he finds his brothers, his little group of brothers. His oldest brother, Eliab, is there. And David walks up, and he says, why isn't somebody going down there and fighting him? And Eliab says, shut up. Who do you think you are? You're just a lazy little, what you, where's the sheep? Who, let, who, to, who told you to? And, and, and David goes, dude, dude, dude. But David said, I'll go down there and fight him. Get out of here. You ain't going nowhere but home. David said, well, I, I. And so word comes to Saul that somebody, anybody is saying, I'll go fight him. And so they literally bring David into Saul's tent. And so, 1 Samuel 17, 32. David says to Saul, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you can't. No, you're not able to go and fight this Philistine. You're a youth. You're still in the youth group, man. And he is a man of war from his youth. He went to monster youth school, monster giant intimidating school. And you look at you. David said, but your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord, the Lord, who delivered me, the Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. 
And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So David shows up in the Valley of Elah. And there's his older brother, Eliab, and he scolds him. And he says, you're just a stuck-up smart aleck. Quit talking like that. You can't. Then he comes to Saul. Saul says, you're too young. You're a novice and a neophyte. You're a shepherd. He's a soldier. You're too light to fight. You can't. And then Goliath sees him. (laughs) And Goliath says, you're just a ruddy, rosy, cheek runt. You can't. But David knew his God. David, now David was skilled. David could probably, with that slingshot, some historians think, David could probably knock a bird out of flight with his slingshot. That is how amazing, accurate some of those people were with with what they had. So David was pretty skilled with rocks. But that's not what drove him down into that valley. No, 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 no. That's not what drove him. So now David speaks. Eliab, you can't. Saul, you can't. Goliath, you can't. You're not even going to make a full meal for me. You can't. Then David said, I like what, then in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. Whoa, a sword and a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, oh, by the way, whom you have defiled, the great God of Israel, whom you've been blaspheming out of your mouth, that God is the God whose name I come to you in. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. The Lord will. The Lord will. The Lord, oh, by the way, have I mentioned the Lord that you've been blaspheming and defying? He will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Not a boy with a sling, but a God in Israel. Then all this assembly, those whose hearts are failing for fear and hiding behind rocks, And those who are big and bold thinking that you've got this and you've made the day for them. All this assembly shall know that the Lord. Oh, by the way, have I mentioned this is the Lord that you've been blaspheming and defying and he's not pleased with you, that Lord. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. David said, through the Lord I can. Through the Lord I can. The God of Israel is with me. The God of Israel is with me. I can. I can. I can. Through Christ I can. I can. I can through Christ. I can. David goes on later in his life to write Psalm 18, verse 29. In your strength I can. In your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale any wall. Family, I can is one of the most powerful things you will ever say. And if you've ever needed to say it, you need to say it now. Stand with me.
can. Through Christ, I can. I can. I'm part of the church he's building. Governments are going to rise and fall. Politicians are going to come and go. Cultures are going to be here and be gone. But not the church of Jesus Christ. This is the solid rock. Come on. I can. I can. I can. My future is not determined by a government. My future is not determined by a policy. My future is not determined by a media or a press or a, a plan. Are you kidding me? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So I can. I can do all things right now. I can do all things. I can endure. And actually when Paul uses this word, he's using it as an endurance word. I can endure. I can. I can. Do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Put your hand over your heart at home if you're willing to do this. And I want you right now to mumble through your mask. That's okay. That's okay. I want you to mumble through your mask. And I want you to say, through Christ I can. Can you say it? Can you say it? Say it with me. Through Christ I can. Can you say it again? How about, how about saying it again? Through Christ I can. I can through Jesus Christ. Just take about 10, 15 seconds and start saying out loud, light the match. Ignite this. Ignite this. Light this. Light this. Light this. Ignite this. I can. I can. Through Jesus Christ, I can. I can. I can. Your mouth is a match. I can. Your tongue is a torch. I can. Your speech is a spark. I can. Through Jesus Christ, I can. I can. I can. Come on. Let's praise Him. Let's worship.